Welcome to the Forex Analytics Community Experience, or FACE, podcast. Dale Pinkert interviews some of the sharpest and most knowledgeable people in the financial markets daily. Also, you can go directly to forexanalytics.com or find us on YouTube to watch these interviews live and get fresh, intraday macro and technical analysis of the currency, stock, and commodities markets daily from the Forex Analytics team. Our FACE show is free every trading day. Now here's your host, Dale Pinkert. Great to have you back, Kim. Uh, yeah, how are I'm things been going? To it. I can't believe it's been three months and we went through the summer and now we're in yeah. Q4 and, you know, markets uh, back. Trees are turning. I went down your stream yeah. and, you know, I, I see, you know, you have that appreciation for beauty and uh, nature is beauty. So let's talk about some ugly things like trading. <laughs> Um, yes. Okay, so, you know, there's a lot in the background going on geopolitically. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul's going to speak today. Uh, we've had this pullback from 4,600 to 42. We're kind of mid-range of that. Mm-hmm. Where's your head at? Uh, what's your take on what's going on here? Uh, how are you positioning yourself in this market? I mean, I... I do delta hedging essentially in my portfolio, meaning that, you know, I'm always long stocks as we talked about last time I was on. And at the same time, then I can put short futures on or covered calls on or use different strategies to kind of bring my deltas down. So I'm not as exposed if the market's going down. So this is probably the lowest delta in my portfolio I've had in a long time. I'm not net short. I'm still net long. Um, But I feel like with the yield, the yields are trading yeah. like meat stocks. I mean, this is yeah. like GameStop or something, you know? Yeah. And I can't imagine that someone who's trying to short it or thinks that yields have, you know, Eight. gone as high as they could, that they're not going to get at some point, you know, margin called or, yeah. and then, you know, bonds. I, I was reading that this is the widest gap. Um, in, I don't know how many years, like 30 or 40 years ever between equities and um, bonds. I actually took a position long TLT recently, thinking at some point I'm not going to catch the bottom, but yeah. I'm sure when bonds catch a bid, there's going to be a huge snapback. So it was just a small position I took um, just to basically see where we're moving. But at some point, those jaws have to close. Yeah, I, I mean the main reversion is it's called disintermediation. Do you remember '87? I was. Were you in nursery school then, or something? That, no, not not exactly nursery school. <laughs> okay, you know? but you know we had that we had yields uh, rising sharply, mm-hmm. although at that time the dollar was fa- falling, and the market kept going up and resisting the move in rates. Um, uh, does that sound familiar? Yeah, that sounds like today. Yeah, except except you know, the dollar's uh, going up. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people think peaking or getting close to a peak. So uh, the TLT is uh, definitely a contrarian position. So knowing that you hedge a lot of things, you you do. Did you buy TLT and and sell calls against it or or yeah, buy puts for protection? 
Yeah. So I didn't buy puts like I didn't do the head wrapper that we talked about last time. Okay. Um, but I, I did sell covered calls at the 87 strike on it. Um, I was a little like two weeks ago, it kind of moved up. So I'm, my calls were underwater and now they're obviously coming back to me. So I was like, oh, maybe that was not the best move. But I mean, that's the nice Good. thing that I can be selling covered calls against it. The premiums, um, I don't know what the delta, I should look at right now what the IV is on it. Uh, so, oh, the IV is really high. It's, the IV rank is 71 compared to its historical volatility. And I think, you know, even like if you're a consumer like me or a retail investor, right? With rates going this high, just for someone like me, if I wanted to move, if I want to, you know, do home improvements and refinance yeah. my home, I'm, Everything. you're frozen or paralyzed. And businesses that, you know, need to invest in, you know, raise capital, they're paralyzed. And so, you know, it, it freezes, I think, you know, a lot of the market to, you know, make reinvestments or to home improvements. I do. Re my first mortgage, though, was seven and a half percent. Yeah. So it's recency bias, what we're used to and uh, the adjustment of getting used to this. Uh, you know, I found interesting in your stream, you caught that gold and silver pop that we had uh, last week and the vehicle of choice for you and you say you love them are micro lots. And I yeah, think people don't take lots. advantage of uh, micro yeah. lots as much as they should because they figure, oh, you know, that's just for, you know, uh, short stops and little guys. And, you know, how can I make money in a micro lot? Why don't you explain why you uh, say it's one of your favorite instruments to use? Micro lots. Well, I, the reason why I like micro lots, I mean, people that day trade and are scalping 10 points here and there on the, you know, NQ, I mean, that might be a great strategy for them. They can put five NQs on and they're just looking to get 10 points. I'm yeah. looking to swing trade. I'm looking to take a position and going short NQ. NQ, which I am right now. Um, and so if the trade goes against me, I can scale into that trade. Got so, it. and, and also, you know, I explained before that my husband was a former futures trader on the S and P. And uh, one morning I woke up to many short NQs <laughs> on a given account and I like to sleep at night. And okay. so, you know, I mean, it, it's just like, it's peace of mind. It's more strategy versus that I'm looking to gain, you know, make this, you know, 2000 gain on something. It's the small right. gains that add up. And I look at it often as just edging or going contrarian. So when, unfortunately, the, you know, war started between Israel and Palestine, I bought the medals right away. Um, thinking that that would be a safe haven yeah, and that, right. you know, oftentimes commodities go up. And so I used the gold and silver futures and I started with the micros and then I just started adding, or if you see something break out, you can add. You know, what I find interesting is uh, the 2020 version of um, the woman uh, 
looking after the house, which you know I'm not being a misogynist, but uh, yeah, you you no. apply you apply a different definition to housekeeping by waking up and seeing your husband. <laughs> Short too many NQs. I ten, you know that ten, ten, ten all right. All right. Ten, so I I mean that's I mean, a new that's mo- yeah, that's modern day uh, you know, taking care of your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, different people have different risk tolerances, right? Yeah. Actually, he was yeah. he was right. Yeah. And, you know, it took a day or two. He's usually early. And yeah. his assessment was right. I mean, when you're, as you know, when you're a floor trader, you've traded a long time, you get a feel for the market. You know, it's like right. a living, grazing organism, essentially. And so you start to feel these gyrations in the market. And, you know, he's really good at kind of, seeing things starting to top out or starting yeah. to bottom out. It's not that he's going to top ticket. I'm fairly, you know, I fairly, I'm pattern oriented. So I can tend to see patterns. I used to, I used yeah. to teach statistics. So, okay. you know, I see how things, I still teach, but I, I okay. don't like teaching statistics because students don't like it. Oh, but, yeah, there's uh, a- yeah, there's a song uh, by Van Morrison that I want you to play today called Why Do I Always Have to Explain? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I uh, I dedicate that to all teachers, mentors, everybody. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you about uh, your view on the patterns uh, that we have working. And could this recent, this week's sell-off in the AI Darling NVIDIA yeah, yeah. be a bad sign for the market because so far the market's been kind of absorbing that. Um, you know, uh, it looks like a head and shoulders top to me. Uh, I identified mm-hmm. it up there at the right shoulder. Um, is that a bearish looking chart to you? Do you follow NVIDIA? Yeah, I do follow NVIDIA. Um, Mark was when it was $100 or 110, he's like, buy NVIDIA now. And yeah, we only bought a yeah. small position. That's when everything was kind of, you know, cracking. We, yeah, uh, no, no, a year. Oh, last okay. Year, okay. Last year, last, last like October. Okay. Um, he, we have a lot of friends in the tech because we're in Seattle. And so we have a lot of friends over at the different tech companies. And we were hearing rumblings, or he was hearing rumblings about this chat GPT. And so NVIDIA being, okay. you know, with yeah. their chips. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the thing is when these crazes happen, like in the dot-com bubble, because I do remember the dot-com bubble, when these crazes happen, you know, these stocks just go parabolic. So I think for me, when you see a chart going straight like this, you know, (laughs) I mean, there's nothing, I don't even know that I need to look at ahead and, you know, Mark would be looking at his head and shoulders. I would be going, that doesn't look like it's okay. You know, I mean, you see something rise 400% and not that their sales haven't been great, not that they don't have future sales, but you know, the market can only withstand that for so long in most cases. And then Tesla, I mean, that'll be interesting to see whether the market absorbs, you know, Elon Musk. I didn't listen to the call, but I've been reading about it, you know, speaking about how high interest rates are hurting the business and Okay. He needs to continue lowering, lowering car prices and the Cybertruck. Uh, you know, he didn't delay it, but from what I read, it's just that, you know, maybe it's not yeah. going 
selling as many because they can't produce them as quickly or something. Yeah, Tesla doesn't look like it was participating uh, on up days anyway. It has two lower highs in there, and it's a cult stock, and I was thinking maybe 210. And remember last time uh, you were on, I was underwater in Apple. Um, yes. That's, yeah, that's no longer uh, the case. Uh, do you like nice or, own, or own any of the Magnificent Seven? All of them, except for Facebook. I will not okay. buy Facebook. Okay. Uh, I bought that. We bought that pre-IPO and then sold it years ago. Um, I own, I'm looking up at my screen right now. I own Google, Apple, Microsoft, um, Amazon. I don't, what's the other Magnificent Seven? Netflix? Yeah, I think uh, and they had good numbers. So they're going to be yeah, up they, today. They yeah, yeah. They, they're up like, what, 13 or 14%. Yeah. Yeah, but so, you know, so I, you guys I, are good holders too. I mean, uh, you know, that's a very unusual combination that people that are traders have a difficult time being holders of assets um, because they won't. You know, they'll see something on the chart. Well, you know, I I could take it here because I could. I know it's going to get cheaper. I'll recommit, and then you turn your head. And you've gotten out, and then it goes without you. So, uh, how are you guys able to maintain those two different mentalities? You have different accounts, um, so that you know this is your long-term account, this is your uh, swing trade account. Do you do it that way, Kim? Yeah, we we do have different accounts, but um, in in the one of the accounts that I I only trade one. Um, okay. But I, that's where I do have a bulk of Apple, Google, Microsoft, because I like to sell covered calls against it or okay. possibly do head wrap, head wrappers, yeah. you know, where you're selling a call, buying a put, um, what I discussed last time. And so right now, selling covered calls has been like the money trade, you know, and it's a conservative strategy, obviously. Have I ever turned over my stock? Yes. And then I sell a put against it. Usually what I do, though is I try to keep rolling that covered call for a credit. Okay. And so I roll it forward to the, I, I do these like every 30 to 30 days to um, 45 days. And then if they start going underwater, I'll roll them out and I roll them for a credit. So it's not that often that I turn over my stock because it usually mean reverts, right? Unless right. you get in a parabolic move like we did with, Amazon bouncing off the bottom. I kind of thought like once we bounced from 85 up to 110, I was like, that's a big move. I'm going to start selling covered calls. And I did turn some of my, I could have rolled it out, but I was like, ah, forget it. Um, and I just couldn't get a good enough credit. So I just sold puts against it. But sold okay, sold so cash, cash secured puts. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, you're uh, very well versed in options trading and strategies and uh, against stocks and just using them for outright kind of positions. Uh, I believe you give a lot of credit to some uh, gentleman who is with Tasty Trade that's uh, helped you uh, move yes. along and uh, yeah. you know help you grow and mm -hmm. see things in the options market that you may not have found out on your own. I uh, think yes. it's great that you give yes. others credit for your growth. Thank you. I mean, I, there's, I know, I mean, I love to find genuine, real, honest people. 
and the Tasty Trade group is, you know, they were former floor traders. Yeah. They're not charging exorbitant fees and you can learn their tools for free. I also like black box stocks for um, options flow. And then I also use bar chart, you know, bar chart has, you know, great options information. And, th- and those are people that I've come to know that I trust, right? Because there's a lot of people in this business that I don't know yeah. if they're in the business, but they're trading and, you know, doing yeah. zero DTs. And I'm not saying like ever doing a zero DTE is a bad thing. It's just, that's not my style. Um, I like to be able to think about what I'm doing and be able to assess it. And if I'm we're doing zero DTEs, I would just be panicking out of it because that's just my, you know, in the moment. That's why I like swing trading the micro futures also. Sometimes, like I, so I shorted RTY last or two weeks ago, um, the micros, and I was looking for 50 points. So I was looking for it to come back down to the low 1700s. That came back to me in a day. So I wasn't expecting a 50 point move. I think it was last week, it came down 50 points. So I wasn't looking for that 50 point move in a day. And when it came back to me, I mean, when it came, it was basically a day trade. Yeah. You weren't planning it, but you still got your target. So the target is more important than how long it takes to achieve it. Yes. Of course. Right. I've I've rolled my futures for quite a few quarters before. And what's wrong with immediate gratification, Kim? You know, once, once in a while, why do we, we don't have to sweat everything out. It's nice when it happens like that. And also, I mean, I think you have to be, if you're going to swing trade, you have to be able to hold those trades overnight, right? Yeah. Can you still hear yeah. me okay? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, you have to be able to hold those trades overnight because, you know, the futures are cash coming out of your account. Right. If, if, it, if it's underwater, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes what I'll do is if, if I'm underwater on a long or on a short, for example, then I'll go long the future, like temporarily to offset it. Um, so there's, and you can buy um, futures options as well. So right. I, I'm not saying this is a good strategy, but I have what I call black swan puts on the ES. Oh yeah. And what so, are they? What are black swan puts if, for example, in the ES? So I'll go 60 days out. And I just call it, I just count it as the cost of doing business, right? I'm not like, the money like insurance. Yeah, insurance. Yeah, exactly. And I'll buy like right now. I have ES thirty four hundred December twenty ninth. So I this go December twenty three yeah. or twenty four. Yeah. No, this December. Um, yeah. The cost for me was twelve hundred dollars. Are actually up right now. Okay. Um, right. And I'm not, I'm not looking for it to get there. But if we had a big move down. There's some protection. I don't like, I'm not going crazy buying a ton of them. I'm just buying a few. If there's some, if there's some big down move, right? Because I mean, there's just a lot of things in the market right now. I'm not calling for a crash. I don't even know if our system, you know, with all the, what is it? The trigger stops, you know, if the market fell 7%, I don't even know if we can have a 25% down day anymore. Yeah, I I don't either. But if you, 
the thing is that vol increases, you know, um, options, futures don't have beta decay. So if the vol increases like exorbitantly, those can become worth, you know, not your max profit. That's not what I would be looking for, but definitely as something that brings down my delta and as another means by which to hedge. Yeah. I, I think and I just add those smart. and forget it. Yeah, because most people would say what you're doing is just a waste of money when what yeah. it gives you is peace of mind. I will yeah. pay for peace of mind. People do it. They put security systems on their home. They they might have mm -hmm. a floor safe. Uh, what's wrong with, uh, you know, looking at being hedged for the outlier? Because they happen sometimes. I did that when in when the Ukraine-Russia war, I don't like to, you know, say I'm yeah. making money of something, but I, I put, I had actually had them on before that. And then I added a couple more and those ended up, you know, I think yeah. quadrupling at that point. Right. And so I pulled several off um, and took the profit. So they have paid and Hey, if you're paying 1% of your portfolio for a money manager or whatever yeah. it is, great point. To count that is my, percentage a year so i try to i keep that in my head like what percentage would i be paying a money manager if i'm managing it myself then i can afford essentially to have those i have some put spreads on right now also on spy so i last week when spy went down um i had just i'd only bought um i just had a few and then i rolled them and i buy them near the money so i don't go around our yeah. money and I usually do about 60 to 90 days and I know there's a lot of premium in those but those have worked for me and then I rolled them and I added a long leg to them so I took some profit and at that time I you know what you're not a trader Kim you're a dancer <laughs> you uh, your style of trading is like a dance where you roll from position and spin around and all kinds of graceful moves on the dance floor. Uh, that's what I started thinking of when I just heard you talking about what you do. It's uh, uh, your trading is like a dance, Kim. And really, uh, go ahead. I posted a picture a while back on my Twitter um, because I have the Italian flag in my profile and that's in honor of my Italian grandfather and the picture I posted was of him 85 years old dancing on the dance floor and him and I on our last dance before he died oh wow so but I anyway that. has anyone ever described it to you that way that uh, your style of trading is like a dance because you no, know how I'm to dance all right Kim it, it was I'm so <laughs> glad that Huh? I like to be creative, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I get, so I like doing different things and seeing how different things work. I'm never like, I'm always conservative, you know, like I'm not adding 50 spots yeah. on. Though during COVID, I did. Yeah. I will say, I had puts on everything during COVID, everything. And I mean, that paid off. Yeah. Well, uh, I enjoyed our conversation today. I think that Thank people you so can much for having me. People can learn from you, Kim, and uh, follow you on Twitter at 
uh, Mama Investor. Anywhere else they could go to keep an eye on, uh, you know, whether you're doing, uh, you know, the uh, jitterbug or <laughs> the funky chicken. Huh? The only social media that I keep on is Twitter. Okay. I'm like too busy to keep up. I used to have Facebook. I don't yeah. forget. Um, well. And I love the Twitter community. I love the trading community on Twitter. It's just like, it feels like a sense of belongingness. And it's one of my favorite, you know, my connection in the day to the trading community. All right. Well, I'm so glad that our paths across, Kim, and uh, wish you and your uh, you're the better half, your husband, a great fall trade, uh, a great fall trading season. And let's get back together in the winter and see, uh, you know, what kind of moves you're making then. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Everyone follow Kim. Yes. At Mama Investor. And uh, have a great weekend. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So that's a wrap, everyone. I hope you enjoyed Kim. I enjoyed her.